This is Inside Redeemer with Jerry Woolbanks. This is Sunday, March the 4th, 2012. Our Sunday worship services are being broadcast from the Redeemer Lutheran Church, located at 5700 Longdale Street in Houston, Texas. The Reverend Grant Housewright will deliver the gospel for today, and lecturer Walter Johnson will read the lessons. Music is provided by choir director Nancy Housewright and the Redeemer Lutheran Choir, and our Sunday worship services begin at 10.30 a.m. Good morning. It's good to see everybody today. I'm glad you're here. I want to welcome all of you on this, our uh, anniversary of being together. Just two days off. It was May 6th, March 6th of last year, when we first got together for our first union service. 175 people attended that day. And the 175 smiles, well, probably 185 smiles. Those who weren't here couldn't make it. were still smiling that day as well. Very, very glad to see you. I just want to remind everyone that we'll be uh, sharing the uh, sacrament today. And uh, one thing, uh, last uh, Ash Wednesday that I failed to announce at the beginning of the service, which was confusing for some folks, as we come forward uh, and, and gather at the rail for the, uh, each table of communion, we uh, have a blessing and a dismissal of each table each time. And uh, I just wanted to make sure you, uh, that I apologize for that and, then, and so that we're clarified on that issue. Also, grape juice is available, so please let the communion assistant know. And the communion assistant today, in lieu of Pastor Israel, is Dick Bird. And Dick will be helping us with communion. So let him know if you would like prefer grape juice. There's a potluck following the service today, and so... If you did not bring food, you need to stay anyway, because you shall be fed. There's always enough food left over. I want to announce that, um, and most of you probably already know this, that Nell Helmke is in the hospital at uh, Memorial Southeast Hospital. Uh, she fell last Thursday and uh, will be, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, I shouldn't say, uh, I was told not to do that when you speak. It was either Thursday or Friday, I'm sorry. It, it's possible she'll be leaving the hospital tomorrow. It was, a, it was a small fracture in her pelvis. And she will be possibly leaving the hospital tomorrow, going to Park Manor for a couple of weeks for rehabilitation. Paula Putman went into the hospital a couple of days ago. She wasn't feeling well last weekend, went to the hospital for just a few hours, but then went back a week later, pneumonia. And uh, as soon as she gets a clear x-ray on her lungs, she will be coming home, and they'll be x-raying today. So while her husband, Pastor Putman, is waiting to find out whether or not she's going to go home, we're going to feed him too, because he didn't, he, 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 the poor guy, I'm sure he's just eating hot dogs, crackers, and potato chips at home, so you're going to get a real meal today. Also, yesterday, Edith Michelson moved again, and she moved to Emeritus at Friendswood is the name of the place. It's like, it's five, FM 518 near 528. It's a new name of a place where Madeline Vogt used to be in that area. So she moved yesterday. 
And as we wheeled her in her room for her new room, now this is like the third move in, what, eight weeks, something like that. And she's 91, I believe. And she went to the room and her family and I were kind of wondering what she's going to say. And she wheeled around in that wheelchair and turned around. I'm going to love this place. You know? Of course, all of you who know Edith, that's not too much of a surprise. This coming Wednesday, the third Wednesday of midweek worship. And the theme this time is, Woman, Behold Your Son. And uh, we are very, very fortunate to have our readers, uh, David and Ralph will be reading, the, the two readers, and Joan Jackson will be our lector. And the Bible study that night will be on John 19, 25 to 27. Now, those are the announcements I had. Joan, did you have an announcement? March is Holly Hall um, Church Drive Month. I have a handful of envelopes here if you would like to participate Please ask me for one, otherwise I'll have to ask you. Uh, we have, uh, let's see, the church drive, the purpose of it is to help cover the cost of care for those residents who can no longer afford to do so. So the church drive sort of makes up the, the differences in their funds. The mission of Holly Hall, a Christian retirement community, is to provide pleasant living accommodations on beautifully maintained grounds for men and women whose needs vary in their retirement years, where church-supported ministries of pastoral care and worship are an integral part of community life, where good food, activities, and life enrichment programs add life to years, and where a state-licensed nursing section fulfills the basic health care needs of residents in ways that add years to life. We have four members or friends of the congregation from our church who reside at Holly Hall. Victoria Carr, Eloise Fowler, Edith Owens, and Gladys Fritch. So we feel a personal touch when we have our Holly Hall drive. So come see me after church and say, I'd like one of those envelopes. I'd like to make a contribution. The drive will go through the month of March. The last Sunday in March is the close of the drive. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joan. If you haven't been to Holly Hall, take a, make a short tour there. It's a beautiful place. information back here about it on the... Um, on the podiums? Yes, on the podium is some... More information on the blonde podiums. Not on the blonde preacher, the blonde podiums. No information here. Okay, all right. Are there any other announcements? All right, we're going to uh, continue our time together today. We really, we thank uh, the musicians of the Episcopal Church. Pat Farrow uh, graced us with the uh, prelude music. And uh, the, uh, the Episcopal Choir will be... Uh, gracing us with music during uh, Holy Communion, and we are very, very happy for uh, to be together in every way, in word, song, and in deed. That's right. In the bulletin, this coming Wednesday is the first Wednesday of the month. I thought last Wednesday was. You know, with the first being on a Thursday, it kind of caught me off guard. This coming Wednesday is Altar Guild. Not Games Day. Well, Games Day will be a week from Wednesday. Altar Guild is this coming Wednesday. Okay. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who brings us out of captivity into freedom, out of the wilderness 
into the promised land, out of death into life. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Please sit or kneel for the confession. Gracious God, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, by what we have left undone. Forgive us, give us strength to turn from sin and to serve you in newness of life. Amen. By water and the Holy Spirit, God gives us new birth. And through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God forgives us all our sins. Almighty God, strengthen us in all goodness and keep us in eternal life. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. May the grace of God, through Christ our salvation, be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help. Save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. The top of page three, let us pray the prayer of the day together. O oh God, by the passion of your blessed Son, you made an instrument of shameful death to be. Grant us so to glory in the cross of Christ that we may gladly suffer shame and loss for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated for the readings. The children are excused for Sunday school. Good morning, friends in Christ. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Genesis chapter 17, various verses. I'm going to pronounce it Abram. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall no longer, you shall be the ancestor of a multitude, a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, she, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah 
shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Here ends our first lesson. Our second reading this morning is from the book of Romans chapter 4. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the, ele- if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who shared the faith of Abraham, for he is the father of all of us, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence, the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also." It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. Here ends the reading. The Holy Gospel for this day is written in the Gospel according to St. Mark in the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Here's how it reads for the second Sunday in Lent. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? 
Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. be seated, please. Again, I'd like to welcome everyone today. I am so glad we're here together again. And Father Israel and I have been talking quite a bit lately about doing this just a little more often. So we're taking a look at other Sundays coming up, not too far in the distant future. So uh, it is great to be together. It's, it's good. It's good. And, and most of all, it's good Lord to be here. We're going to take a look at the uh, verse which is found on the cover of the bulletin. It's also uh, Mark 8, verse uh, 35. And it says, For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. Grace and peace be to you from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And may the Holy Spirit guide you to the daily awakening that love is everything. Now this is a, our lectionary series as these lessons come to us and are suggested that we read on our Sunday mornings are very much uh, Lutheran and Episcopalian, Roman Catholic, uh, Methodist are in a three-year cycle. And so I don't have to worry about reading this particular gospel every year, which is a good thing. But every three years it comes up. Because the one verse kind of snags me and it grabs me and it was grabbing me. I was sitting on the patio this morning taking a look at this. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if anyone wants to become my followers and so on and so forth, for those who want to lose their life, save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. And then um, all this was said after he snagged Peter. Well, actually, Peter snagged himself on that one, because previous to that, he said he's going to be rejected by these groups of people, and not just one group. We've got elders. We've got chief priests. We've got scribes. I mean, you know, I, the image I have is Jesus standing up to these three, three groups of people. And, but he's going to be killed, but he's going to rise again. And Peter said, no, that's not going to happen. And then he turns around and rebukes Peter. And he said, um, get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. I have a lot of human things in my life that I really enjoy. And I can hit a switch and I can have music and, and TV all around my living room. That's sound around. You know, you just can't beat that. The next best thing to having a movie theater in your house. And, and I'm up for a phone upgrade here in about two months. And so I'm all over the place trying to figure out, oh, neat. What new phone can I have next? And there's so many human things which we desire in our lives. So many things for which... I rebuke myself. I don't have to wait for someone to rebuke me. And I think sometimes we get pretty powerful on this sort of thing 
that we can uh, spell this sort of stuff as D-E-V-I-L or S-A-T-A-N. And not as strong as all that, but enough, just enough. If we want to define evil in a very, very deep sense, we know deep in our heart that anything which is of the devil is something which tries its very best, and you know it really does, to pull us away from priorities in our lives. Namely, to be in union with Jesus Christ our Lord. To be in union with our God through Jesus Christ our Lord. When we allow, our, allow ourselves to be separated from the task which is before us in our every single, every day of our lives, then we are not seeking fulfillment. We find ourselves trusting AT&T and Sprint, UVerse and all the others. And we come to this church. We come to this church this morning, and I am so grateful that we do, because we can talk about our God, and we can sing about our God, and we can be natural about and honest about our humanness. But then as we leave this place, we stop the singing, and we stop the praise, and we stop the talking, and we actually so, show someone who the Son of God is. And it's not our money. And it's not our things. And it's not our mindless pleasures, no matter how much fun they can be. Because sooner or later, this kind of thing gets in the way in the more uh, strong sort of aspect. It can affect our health. It can affect our relationships with one another. It can affect our ability to sleep. It robs us to the point where we are filled with anxiety. And worst of all, my good friends, if we let it get too far, it can affect the love that you and I have for each other and the love that you have for one another. To be drained of energy and to be drained of vitality can bring on the kind of illness that will make you fall to your knees as you wake up in the morning or as you go to bed at night and pray until you're red in the face of how sorry we are. Young people, please uh, forgive me for a moment, but we can identify with Petula Clark's song, Who Am I? Now that's a while back. Barbara Stanwyck, young people, forgive me again. Where am I going? Why was I born? Now, if you really want to go back, what's it all about, Alfie Dion Warwick? The Broadway musical Hair, I don't have to go on. Where do I go? Follow the river, where do I go? Follow the goals, where is there something? Where is there someone to tell me why I live and I die? The God who gives me life and the God who gives you life is a gracious God. And he wants us to know not just who we are, but he wants us to live in fulfillment and to go beyond of who we are. He wants us to take a look at our human condition. 
and to be reminded of whose we are and who we belong to when he says, you shall have no other gods before me. And this is the condition, though, that goes behind that. I will give you life, God says. I will resolve your identity crisis, God says. I will make it possible for you to be the beautifully fulfilled persons I created you to be, God says. But, God says, as long as you put your ultimate trust in other gods, as long as you put other gods at the center of your being, God says, you will not be able to discover who you are, God reminds us. The kingdom of God is here, the rule of God is here right now, and God is asking us to lose ourselves. And I need help in that, and you need help in that, to stake our whole life on losing ourselves and put our absolute trust in putting on our blindfolds and walking around with the Holy Spirit knowing that we are not going to run into something that God ultimately will continue to save us. We've heard many stories. As I, 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 One of my favorite stories is about uh, the sculptor Alberto Giametti, and if I pronounce his name wrongly from the heavens, I hope he forgives me. He was a famous uh, Swiss sculptor, and... Um, he would get something in his head and he knew exactly how he wanted that sculpture, sculpture to come out. And he would try, and he, especially on the very special ones that he did, he would try and he'd try and he'd try and he, he staked his whole career on making these things come out exactly as he had imaged them. He created all these metal figures and he created things that meant loneliness and for human uh, condition and he, uh, sculptures which would show longing. And um, as a young artist, though, when he was first starting out, he worked very, very hard to make this come out the way he wanted to. And piece after piece after piece did not come out right. And after a while, you know, he would take it and he would smash it to pieces, brush it off in the corner, and try again. And that wouldn't work, and he'd try again, and his whole studio was just filled with debris of all his failures. And every time he looked around, he'd leave his studio or come back, he'd look and he'd see all his failures all over the floor. And one day his conversion came. He said that he suddenly realized what the most important thing in his life was about, not the finished product, but the process on the way toward the finishing of that product. What is happening to him right now is the important part of life. The important part of life is working with his hands. What is the meaning of the moment, he would ask himself, as he tries to move forward toward perfection? Gia Cometti's conversion may be the kind of conversion that you and I seek as well in our lives. Whoever would preserve his life or lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. Jesus is telling us to fit everything together, to fit everything that we do inside our relationships into a larger context of God's rule. What he's talking about is motivation. What he's talking about makes everything clear 
And what he's talking about is what makes us tick. He is talking about our reason for being, our reason for doing. There are many folks who seem to be living in a moment that never comes. When the process is ended and the, process and the product is finished, everything is perfectly resolved then, and I don't think so. We are like the man who hated his job. And for 30 years he hated his job. And he kept saying, finally, when I am able to quit and I am able to retire, then everything is finally going to be okay. Then I will finally live. And he realized that his life was actually in a process, that he was living right there in the moment as he was working his job. In the struggle was the moment. The pain was the moment. The process was the moment. We discover who we really are as we live in process. Not sometime later, but right now. Today, we're just two days off on the actual date of when we first got together and celebrated. And what we're celebrating today, yes, is a one-year mark. But what we truly celebrate is the whole process that has taken place from the first time Mr. Coleman and I ever met all the way into now. It's about 14 months ago when we met. What we are discovering right now is a process of putting that contract together and getting people to sign it. What we are working on, what, what we are celebrating today is the year of spiritual togetherness. We celebrate five years of spiritual togetherness. It doesn't matter. My wife and I are going to celebrate 19 years of marriage this year. Some of you have already celebrated 50, 55, and 60. But it's not the number of years. It's the process of learning. It's the process of growing. It's the process of inviting the Holy Spirit to come into my heart and bring uh, goodness and trust and joy. That's what it's about. Today we celebrate not just a year of togetherness and sharing, but a process of togetherness and sharing as we go on and on and on. This is how we come to know each other. We don't come to know each other today on a one-year anniversary. We celebrate knowing each other already. Christ is in this process, and we come to sense the process of Christ more deeply as we could together continue to be a family in the community and in this world. There was an old man who was living out in the countryside who had successfully resisted progress and all the changes that were going on in the world around him. He kept his horse and he kept his buggy. He kept growing and purchasing hay. He refused to buy any kind of a vehicle of any sort. And once a week, he hitched his horse to his buggy, and he went on into town. And as he'd go into town, the horses were finally, uh, you know, uh, were uh, accustomed to the cars and the horns that would go by. And he had a couple of friends who lived in town. He said, you know, Horace, there's a real problem here, because sometimes we have emergencies in this town. And if you hear a siren, you're going to have to pull over pull over off this road as far as you possibly can 
because these sirens are going to go by. And he said, okay. So one day as he's being pulled into town by the horse, he hears a siren and he pulls over. And the fire chief's car comes whizzing by. And then he saw the pumping truck come whizzing by. And then he pulled back into the road just in time. Wham! Got creamed by the hook and ladder. He woke up in the hospital and his friend said, I told you to pull over. What happened? He said, I did pull over. But nobody warned me that that truckload of drunken painters were going to come by. <laughs> Someday it seems as though Somebody, drunken painter, whatever, comes by and just kind of creams you, you know, wham, knocks you down. We don't know when it's happening. We can come around the corner, and there it is. Some days we feel we've just been creamed. But you know, whoever loses his life for the sake of the gospel is going to save that life. And that's why we're here today. And that's why we're going to be here Wednesday. And that's why we're always here. So we can get that into our hearts. That as we come together and are nourished in word, in sacrament, and in our noon meal. That we can leave this place and add just one more person to this gathering. And do one good thing. Even if it means losing our lives. For the sake of the gospel. Alright my friends. Let's lose our lives together. Now may the peace of God. Which sometimes eludes our human understanding. Keep your hearts and minds. With the kind of faith. That only Jesus can give. Moving us from anxiety to rest. Amen. At this time we're going to reaffirm our faith. In the words of the Nicene Creed. Please stand. Top of page four. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and our salvation, he came down from heaven. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge living in the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son he is worshipped and glorified he has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sin. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
Amen. Journeying through Lent, pleading to God for help, let us pray for the church, the world, and all those who are in need. In your mercy, O God, we become a people searching for ways to truly thank you for all your gracious deeds. For many times you have held us and walked with us for sending your Son to die for us. May our actions and words among our many neighbors reflect our gratefulness. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for one holy Christian and apostolic church, for its leaders and all its people in all communities of faith. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray in utter thankfulness that you have kept and upheld this ecumenical gathering of sisters and brothers of the two redeemers over these many months. In faithful courage, we ask for continued ministry together, mutual support, and lasting peace. Lord, hear our prayer. We, we pray for the multitude of nations and others of differing cultures and faiths than our own. Lord, hear our prayer. Praying for all who stand in need of your help, healing, and comfort for any reason. Hear the silent and spoken prayers of your people. Lord, hear our prayer and show them your light. We give thanks for those who have died in the faith and now rest in you. Encourage us to take up your son's cross as we await our final glory. Lord, hear our prayer. We offer our prayers to you, O God of grace and truth, commending all for whom we pray. Receive them in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
God, our provider, you have not fed us with bread alone, but with the words of grace and life. Bless us with these gifts, which we receive from your bounty, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you, for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let's join hands in prayer, Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please come. Welcome to the Lord's table. The ushers will uh, assist you. Please stand for the Nunc Dimittis, uh, middle of page 6. Lord, now let your servant go in peace. According to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. If you hold that, and I'll get this stuff put away. God, accompany our journey through these 40 days. Renew us in the gift of baptism that we may provide for those who are poor, pray for those in need, uh, fast from self-indulgence, and above all, that we may find our treasure in the life of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The blessing of God Almighty. The wisdom and power of Christ Jesus and the light of the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.